welcome to Find Your Light. This is episode 18, and I am thrilled to bring you today a bit of a special feature that might become a regular feature. We'll see. But I have started... Oh, P.S. Hi, I'm Emily Stamets, your host and life and leadership coach for Women Plus in Theater and Leaders in the Arts. And what I have for you today is a recording of one of my free coaching sessions that I've started offering. It's called The Green Room. Of course it is. And what we were talking about this week was what it takes to make your art feel fulfilling. And it was so good. And the content has been so helpful for the people who've watched it and listened to it so far that I wanted to be sure to share it here as well. So the way this works is I start with opening up the juicy topic, talking about some strategies, and then I open the floor for a couple of questions. And I'm sharing a couple of those questions here today with permission from the people who asked them. So I hope this is helpful for you as it was for the people who attended. And if you are interested in starting to show up for these free group coaching sessions, hit up my website at emilystamets.com slash green room. And all of the details with the schedule and the links to join and everything you need is right there. Okay. Without any further ado, here is the green room session. Um, this is The Green Room, and I'm Emily Stamets, life coach for Women Plus in Theater and Leaders in the Arts. And today we're going to talk about something that um, it was kind of like a really nice mind-opening, mind-flipping, mind-blowing realization that I had that I think it has been very powerful for me, so I really wanted to share it with you guys as well. And it is around the idea that our work, and now I'm using the word work as in like work with a capital W, right? It, that's like the thing that gives purpose to your life. It is your artistic stuff. It is your career. If you are like really career oriented or building a business, if you're an entrepreneur, maybe it's your family. If you're like super into family, whatever you believe that your purpose and path is on this planet, that is what I'm talking about. Okay. So I'm just going to use the word work to kind of like fill that gap and kind of be the umbrella term for what we're doing. Cool. So the struggle that we're working on is when we believe that our work should be fulfilling us and we try and we try and we try and we try harder and we do more trainings and we read more books and we have more conversations and we do more therapy and we do all the things and it's still not fulfilling. We still go to bed at night being like, why don't I feel like it's completing me as a person, right? So just like nod your head or give me a thumbs up if that is a familiar feeling. So here's, this is what we've got. We've got this unfulfilling sensation, even though we are trying harder and doing more and giving everything we've got to our work. Um, but we still go to bed and feel like, why am I even doing this? It's not making me feel like a great person. What is going on? The thing is that we are told from like the moment we're born, and this, I believe, is a stronger experience for artists, for creative people, for entrepreneurs who believe in their, um, their, like they have a drive to serve, and for people who were raised as female, for people who presented female growing up, we are told that if you just pour everything you've got into your art, into being a parent, into building a business, it's going to feel so great. It's going to, this is what you're here for. Then all you have to do is like 
go 100% into the thing and then it's all going to pay you back and you're going to feel like, like you're going to know that you're on the right path and you're going to know that you're here for a reason and it's all going to be perfect and all of your problems will be solved if you just try harder, right? Like that is sort of like pounded into us that we have to like find the thing and be more creative and do the art in order to feel like we are who we are. Here's the flip. The opposite is true. In fact, we can't do our work unless we show up to it already complete. You are your best artist when you show up to your art as a whole person. I don't think there's a single person who would disagree with that, right? You are a better parent when you show up to your family already feeling like you know who you are. It is not the job of parenthood or art or your career to make you feel like a whole person. It is your job to be a whole person and then to show up in those roles. So at this point in the green room session, I share my screen with everybody. And what we're looking at is a pyramid shaped diagram of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Now I'm going to talk you through what each level of those is. So you, you don't need to know what all the words on the diagram are. Just know that the shape of it, it is a pyramid and we're going to start on the bottom tier. We are looking at Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So you may have taken like, maybe you took an elementary psychology class, or maybe you've seen this in a book somewhere, but Abraham Maslow was this like psychologist person. And he created this, um, this idea that we have needs that need to be met and that there's a hierarchy of them. There are needs that come first. And until those needs are met, we can't move on to the next thing. So the diagram of it that we always see is a, it's shaped like a pyramid. And our basic needs are the big band at the bottom. And those are the beginning physiological needs. We need food, we need water, we need shelter, we need to sleep. Those are basic things that keep us alive. And if a person isn't getting these things, they cannot, like we can't perform on a higher level if we're hungry, right? Like, like on a, just like in a first world basis, when you're hungry, you're, most of us are an asshole right? If we're like really hungry, like we can't work well, we're not nice to people. We're just sort of terrible when we're hungry. Um, in education, we think about this a lot because children living in poverty often show up to school without having had breakfast. Those kids cannot perform at a higher level. They don't care about intellectual pursuits rightfully if they're hungry, right? If they haven't slept that night. So you have to meet those needs first. All right. Once we've got food, water, sleep, our next step up is being safe. So this is, is there a roof over your head? Um, this is like, do you believe that you can sleep through the night without gunshots coming through your front windows? Um, just speaking from my own childhood. Um, it, these are like the, you know, security comes second, which is so funny because I think a lot of us lump them together, but really like food, water, et cetera, keeps you alive. Safety comes next, right? If you're really hungry, you'll risk a lot of stuff to find food. Okay, so safety comes second. Once you have food, water, sleep, and a roof over your head and safe places, then you can start to think about being in relationship. That's when we move up to love, to feeling like we belong, to having a community, to um, you know connecting with our family, to connecting with friends, connecting with um, a, you know sexual or romantic partner. That comes next, 
And we have to have that need met. We have to be loved and loving and feel like we belong before we can move up to the next level. Okay. That is an actual psychological need that we have. Okay. The next one after that is esteem. That is, do other people respect me? Do I respect myself? Right? So once you're like, okay, I had breakfast. I got good sleep last night. There's a roof over my head. I feel safe in my, in my work environment. Um, I know that at home, there's like a partner that's waiting for me or there's family that loves me. I have a mom I can call. Um, next is, do I respect my work? Do I respect myself? And do other people respect and esteem my work as well? Then, and only then can we move up to the next two tiers. Okay. So the next level after esteem is self-actualization. That is when only after all those other needs are met, that is when we can start actually living to our potential. That is where we start to create, right? That's where we can start to business build. That is where we can start to be a good parent, right? That's when we start to like really step into who we are and like the fullness of who we are able to be. But we have to have all those other things met. You can't show up and like be self-actualized if you're hungry, right? Or if you don't feel loved. Like think about any time you've had where you were like in a fight with a romantic partner. It's almost impossible to work to your fullest potential if you're fighting with your boyfriend or girlfriend, right? It's just like, that's not a thing that happens. Then once we've got that and you've started working to your full potential, you're creating art, you're like, you know, doing all the things, that is when we move into transcendence. And transcendence, we're going to use this in the actual like literal sense that you are transcending yourself. You are moving into something bigger and higher than the self, higher than the ego. So this is when you are at a place of just complete service You feel like you are fully actualized. You know that you're working at your full potential. You know what your potential is. You feel respected. You feel loved. You know you belong. You have a roof over your head. You've had food and water and you've gotten good sleep. Now you can be in a place of service and doing something greater than yourself. Okay. So that's the hierarchy of needs. And this, you see this across psychology a lot. Um, again, I, I saw it a lot in education because I was often working with kids who were down at that first level and we couldn't ask them, like, it's hard for me to, as, as a theater teacher <clears throat> to be like, Hey kids, let's make art about the things you're struggling with. When some of my kids like hadn't eaten for a day. Right. So we have to think about like, how am I making sure that they feel loved and, and that they belong and that they're safe here before we can ask them to do any of that bigger, stretchier stuff. Okay, cool. So in our lives, what this means is your work is not going to fulfill those bottom tiers, right? Your work with a capital W is those top two tiers of self-actualization and transcendence. It probably also touches on esteem, but it's not meant to make you feel fulfilled. It's not meant to be the, the cog that you plug into those bottom tiers, You have to manage those bottom tiers in order to show up at those higher levels in a way that is going to be great. Okay. Um, But again, like we cannot transcend unless everything else is taken care of. So if you're looking to your art or you're looking to your business or you're looking to your family to make you feel safe, to make you feel respected, Right here is when my microphone cut out, which is really awesome. But what I was saying was if we are looking to our art or our work with a capital W to make us feel 
fed and safe and loved and belonging and esteemed and respected, we're doing it backwards. And in fact, we have to approach things the opposite way. And we have to know that there is food on the table and a roof over our heads before we can do work that is at those higher actualized transcendent levels. So, um, so does that all make sense? You guys, like, I I hope that may, I'll, I'll open the floor for questions in a bit, but I'm hoping that makes sense that we have to like eat, right? Like your job isn't meant to feed you. Your art isn't going to like make you feel satiated. It's not supposed to do that. The, the opposite is true. Now, that being said, um, your job, your salary from your job, right? Your income from your job does fulfill those bottom tiers. But there's a difference between saying my paycheck makes me feel safe and secure and puts food on the table. And, then, and there's, that's different than showing up at work and saying, why, doesn't, why do I not feel loved? Right? Why doesn't anyone want me? <laughs> Those are two different things. Okay. So the, the, the job itself can like serve multiple purposes, but we just think about it in the right way. Oh, my microphone just came back. What is happening? <laughs> it's all great. Okay, cool. So that's the first thing is that mindset is when you start to be like, oh, all I have to do in order to feel loved and to know that I belong on the planet is create something great. If you start to get into that like hamster wheel of thought, remember to flip it back around and say, no, actually I need to feel great before I can create something that's going to change the world. Right. And it's cool. So here is, um, so that's the first thing is to flip it. Here is what I think is a incredibly brilliant, very simple strategy for helping yourself feel that when you need to. Um, and it is, you know, it's a little hippy dippy, but we're going to talk about affirmations. Okay. Now I use, I am not have to be super honest about this and clear. Um, affirmations are awesome. Uh, I am not a person who wakes up and says the same affirmation every morning three times and like seven times at night. Uh, I'm not a person who wakes up and like writes all of my my like dreams and affirmations in a journal every day. That's not how it works for me because I need much more variety than that. That work that works for a lot of people. I am much more a let me install lines, memorize lines into my brain and then use them when I need them. So, so I, I want to be super clear about that, but I'm not necessarily telling you, you need to wake up and like say these things all the time. Um, but that having these thoughts in your brain and knowing that you can pull them up when you need them, that is what I find to be very powerful. If you are a routine person, if you are, uh, like you like that, that sort of like rhythm and knowing that you're going to wake up and say beautiful things to yourself, you should do that. Okay. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to work through a series of affirmations. I'm going to tell you the ones that I came up with. You may want to come up with different ones. But we're going to start at that bottom tier and move our way up the pyramid until we're at the very top. And how I have been using this since I had this like beautiful mind bubble thing um, is uh, before I sit down like to work on my book, before I sit down to write you guys an email, I do these affirmations with myself so that I remember that I'm not coming to the work out of a sense of need. I don't need my email. Like I don't need anyone to respond to my email to make me feel loved, right? I'm sending the email from a place of service and transcendence instead because all of my needs are already met. Now, what I want you to think about as we move through these is uh, if you say them out loud or as you think them, um, if something, if what comes up in your brain is, well, that's not true because... I want you to take note of all of those because those are places in your life that need energy and attention 
before you can start performing your work at a higher level. So that's really, really good information that your brain is going to give you. Okay. So let's start at the bottom. The bottom one, all of my survival needs are met. It's really simple, right? That is going to look different for everyone. It might be, I wrote down, I have enough to eat. And actually I might shift that. I have enough healthy food to eat. I sleep well every night. I have soft clothes on my body and a roof over my head. Okay, that's the basic. That's just like grounding, okay? The next one up is gonna be that sense of safety and security. And this is one that I work on very consistently um, because of how I grew up. Like it's very important to me to remind myself that I'm safe and stable. Um, my circumstances are safe, stable, and secure. I am safe, stable, and secure. That is what I need to hear before I can move up to the next level and think about loving anybody, okay? The next one for me is I have friends and family who love me exactly how I am. Simple, but like sometimes we have to remind ourselves of that. And if, you, if what comes up for you is like a person who's like, you're like, oh, except for that one person, then you know you need to put some energy and attention and maybe break up with that person, right? In order to like clear that out and get yourself up to the next level. Um, I also really love the statement, I belong. That feels really good to say. Okay, then the next level, my work is respected. And then I stole this phrase from all of the work I do with EFT tapping. It is, I deeply and completely love, respect, and honor myself. Okay. Cause we have to think about both. Do other people respect me and esteem me? And do I esteem and respect me? Okay. And then I am living at my fullest potential now, or I'm living to my fullest potential today. And once I've kind of said those things and affirmed those things and, and kind of like lived into those, then I know that I'm ready to do the next thing. Or if something big comes up and it feels like emotionally, like, Blah, then I know that I, that's a thing I need to work on and clear before I try to show up at my work at that higher level. Okay. So that's what, that is kind of what I've got for you today. Um, I hope that's helpful. I know when I just started thinking about this, I was like, oh, this is so important. So I wanted to make sure I shared it because I know that um, everyone that I work with really is, is working on that transcendence level or is, is aiming for that and aiming to do something bigger than itself. So I think this is going to be really helpful. All right, I'm going to open the floor now for your questions, dilemmas, thoughts, anything you want to bring up, whether it is related to this or not. I've got about 40 minutes today. Um, and please know that I am recording this and I reserve the right to share it on YouTube or my podcast, like public channels. If anything comes up that you want me to edit out and not share, just say so either um, like in the moment or as soon as you can afterwards. I've got one. Yeah, Julie, go for it. I'm curious if you have any, oh, there's a bug on my desk. Sorry. Um, I'm curious if you have any advice on places like jumping off places to work on um, the esteem tier, the my work is respected tier. That's often the hardest. Well, that's the one that I'm working on right now. Um, and it's tricky because 
many artists have a lot of different kinds of work. And there are some kinds of my work where I have no problem believing my work is respected, like done, dusted, good. And then other work that I have where I'm like, oh, but not that. Um, do you have any advice on ways to try start pulling that apart or um, angles to come at it to try and come up with um, like your own affirmations that might be extra necessary at that tier? That's a great question. I, I have a, like a thousand things just popped into my head. Number yeah. one is I would start tracking every compliment or positive feedback you get from the people you work with. Um, and I know Julia works with students. Um, so when you get feedback from your students, keep a folder of those. I have a super coach folder where I, every time I get like a positive review or someone sends me an email, I just put it in the folder as evidence. Sometimes I need it. Okay. And then the second, the really big thing, and this maybe is a question is you are the same human doing both of those works, right? Doing the different categories. So different categories of work, but you're the same person. So can you see threads between one area of your work and another that might help you to see the commonalities from where you feel stronger to where you don't feel as strong? Are you asking me that right now? Yeah, if you have thoughts about that that pop up for you. I'm just writing things down, just catching up. Um, in particular for me, it's um, like my teaching work. I am much more easily able to accept that my work is valuable and respected um, when I'm teaching. When I'm performing as a classical singer, I have a much harder time accepting the value and worth of that work. Um, so threads, commonalities, um, I think especially personality is important. I think that's a real strength that I have in working with students and in academia where a lot of classical music kind of lives for a long time before it maybe comes out. Um, there's a lot of like really dated information about like all these rules and the ways you have to be. And I think I'm still becoming aware. Yes. Blah. Um, and I think I'm still becoming aware that I even have those in my head. Um, and that might be a, a big piece um, behind just not allowing my personality to come into that work. Um, that could be a place to work on for sure. That might help you feel more confident in that work if you found ways that felt safe for now. So start little, right, before you expand into it to bring your personality into your performance work. Um, another thing came up as you were speaking that was, oh, your motto is big feelings welcome. I see a big, I see a huge connection there between allowing your students and encouraging your students to feel those big feelings in their work and in, like, evoking those big feelings for your audience too. So that's a huge thread, right? There's a lot yeah. there. So keep playing with that and figuring out like where are they parallel so that you can start to like transfer. Right? We're working on generalizing the strengths you have here to there. Sure. Okay. Cool. Thanks for asking. Thanks. Yeah. Anyone else? Cheers, do you want me to I can unmute you. All right, yes, Paris, please. Thank you. you. Okay. So first of all, 
I'm working on standing up for myself. So my name is pronounced Karis with oh a hard Oh my gosh, thank K. you so much. Just I so you know. <laughs> no, you're good. It's one of those, thank like, you when so you much. have a name that starts with letters like that, everybody mispronounces it. So it doesn't bother me, but it's important in my work for me to say that it's to people. So, And I have to apologize because I um, kind of, I have a rule that I ask people how their names are pronounced. Yeah. I apologize that I didn't follow my own freaking rule on this. So Karis. No, that's okay. Yeah. Um, I am trying tentatively right now to get out of my, my like bill paying employment job and, um, work more on a freelance basis. And I, what I'm realizing today is that that job is keeping, they want us stuck at the esteem level. Like they don't want us doing our best work because then that they have to free us up to do a bunch of stuff that's out of their control. Right. And so they, they don't give us, so like in my freelance work, I feel a lot of that, like, um, yes, I'm respected. And yes, um, I know that I'm really good at my job. I know that I'm good in my work. Um, but at my, at the job that pays 75% easy of my annual income right now, um, they, they don't, they don't do that. Like we put in hundreds and hundreds of hours and, um, barely get a thank you. We, you know, it's like, it's this, it's that kind of crippling art thing that is dying, we think, but is still alive and well in some pockets. And, and it isn't like, I don't want to be there forever, but I'm trying to figure out ways to, um, kind of mitigate that for myself. While I'm kind of stuck in that situation. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, You're the only one who knows out of everyone who's here, like what boundaries can be set on that. But Mm -hmm. find it helpful to, to know that that job is meant to hit those first three tiers. It's like that job is there to pay Mm -hmm. your bills. There's food, Mm -hmm. there's a roof over your head. That mm-hmm. is stability, right? Um, right. Can you kind of set an emotional boundary and know that I'm going into this job. This job is not supposed to make me feel esteemed. That's not what this job is for. Mm-hmm. And that's totally fine. Like people have lived doing day jobs for eons. And mm-hmm. that makes mm-hmm. feel like it would be great. And it will be great when it happens, when your freelance work is paying hundred percent of your bills and feel like is doing everything and you feel awesome about all of it. That's going to be an awesome day. But for now, mm-hmm. that's your day job, right? Survival mm-hmm. job. It's called a survival job because it's mm-hmm. bottom survival tiers. And right. Everything else you do, you can allow those things to help you feel esteemed, to help you feel respected, loved, loved. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that helpful? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I don't, it's hard to do that. Like, I think if I were working, like if I were waitressing to use a stereotype, like it would, that would be easier, but I'm, I'm the, um, costume shop supervisor at a fairly major amusement park. And so it is my work, but it's, it, it's hard. Like it, it's, well, and it's, it's hard it's in the wrong ways of your work. Right. It's right. Like yeah. Mass entertainment version of your work. Right. right? Yeah. Um, which is awesome. It's awesome that you're working in your fields and mm-hmm. it's 
paying yeah. so much for your bill. Like that's incredible. So honor that and, and recognize yeah. that and like celebrate that. But it's also yeah. not, you're not going to probably change the organization. Um, no. It doesn't sound like you're interested in doing that kind of work. So um, just let it be what it is. And as much as possible, and I know it's hard, especially I know what the, I know what that industry is like, the theme park industry. Um, and it, I know it's a lot of like feast and famine. Um, but mm-hmm. as much as possible, set boundaries on the time and energy you put into that. Right. Mm-hmm. This is my survival job. Okay. It's not mm-hmm. the job where I'm supposed to spend a hundred hours a week for four weeks. Yeah. Cause it's just okay. not fulfilling enough to be that. I think. Right. I want better for you. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Is that helpful? Okay. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I and think if so. You, if you think of like specific steps you want to take, let, we'll talk about it. You can email me um, and we'll talk about like how okay. those happen. But like I said, like you're the one who, you know, okay. your boss, you know, the structure um, and I don't know it. So. Right. Right. Awesome. Yeah. No, that's helpful. Okay. Thank you. I'm glad that's helpful. Thank you for bringing it up. I appreciate it. Karis. <laughs> well, so thank you guys again for being here. I appreciate your time and the energy that you put into making your lives better and joining me here today. And I will see you, or I'm actually going to do another green room on Saturday back at the noon for my, it's my time noon um, time slot. We're talking about, oh, we're talking about using acting strategies to improve Something specific, life in general, but something specific too that I can't remember. Ah, Julie, your <laughs> Julie's eyes just got super white. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be super fun. <laughs> All right, so I hopefully will see you there. If not, you can always catch the recording. Okay, you guys, thanks so much. I will see you next time. Until then, enjoy your show. Thank you for listening today. Remember to hit that subscribe button and tell your friends how much you love the Find Your Light podcast so they can subscribe too. To join the next Green Room session, visit emilystamets.com slash greenroom. It is completely free, my gift to our amazing creative community. All right, until next time, stand confidently center stage and enjoy your show.